0: I say we're going to talk about different packages, really we're talking about two, QJS and Glade. Those are the two packages I'm going to cover in this episode, because they're kind of important packages. Uh, QJS, no, not QJS, GJS, sorry, thinking about the equivalent on KDE. Actually, I meant GJS. I'm probably going to say QJS throughout the entire episode, so just, just when you hear that, think gjs instead so gjs is the gnome platform libraries for javascript gjs it it's the it, it is the technology that powers the gnome shell if you've ever used it the gnome desktop Uh, GNOME Documents, Polari, I don't know Polari, and many other apps. It uses SpiderMonkey, which is Mozilla's JavaScript engine originally developed for Firefox. So, this is, essentially, ripping technology out of a web browser and utilizing it in the user space of your Linux desktop. That's one way to look at it. The other way is to say, oh, it's like Python except... JavaScript. It's, it's like, it's cute, uh, PyCute, except JavaScript and GNOME. That's another way to think of it. Or you could think of it as, as, as I do, I think, uh, QML, except for GNOME and JavaScript. Well, I mean, QML uses JavaScript, so I should say QML, except for GNOME. That's that's another way to look at it. However you sort of need to think about it, um, it is uh, fairly accessible, and I say accessible meaning lots of people with varying levels of programming experience can access this, it is fairly accessible scripting for the desktop. Now, when I say scripting, I don't mean you can automate things on your desktop. You can with other technologies. This is, is just literally, you, you can use what is com- what are commonly what is commonly called a scripting language, J- javascript, it's kind of in the name, uh, to develop desktop applications using the GNOME libraries. So that's pretty exciting, really, and I want to talk about how that's done in this episode, and I want to also cover, because it's the next one in the list, Glade, which is related to GJS uh, for the uh, d- layout of, of your application. So we're going to talk about that in this episode, and before before I go into the details, I think the first thing to to really quickly sort of talk about is an obsession of mine, which is g- going going towards this magical uh, singularity, as it were, of. I'm just using that for style, it's not, it's not really a singularity. I, I'm just saying it because it sounds like an impressive term. Um, of, of this place in the Linux desktop lifespan, and in computer science in general, where normal people can sit down one morning and say, golly, I would really like an application to batch process these photographs for me. And they can do that. They can make that happen. And I I choose batch processing photographs because, uh, as you probably know, dear listener, probably, as you may know, dear listener, that uh, you you can do that in one command on Linux. Like, you want to batch process a photo? Image magic has you covered. Almost guaranteed, and there are several dozen scripts out there on the internet for really, really complex processes that you can launch quickly. But even if those, if those don't fix it for you, then you, you've got Image Magic that you can literally just one-line command, one command, one one line of code, as it were, and and, and cycle through hundreds of photographs. And, and using something like parallel, you can do that in seconds because you can batch process in parallel. It's kind of stunning and super easy, except it's a terminal. And terminal is a whole new interface to learn. So imagine someone who who's not thinking about a terminal, not thinking about, well, what kind of loop would I need to iterate over these 100 images what kind how would that loop be affected if i want to do it in parallel what's the pipeline if i want to do one thing to the image and then another thing to the image like where am i saving the the, the image back to do i need to change the name of that image for safety and so on that can be difficult and there's just this this idea that sometime in computing in computer science we will arrive at a point where just a normal person can roll up to their desk at work and and design an application for themselves because there's a task that they have to do that day that would take them 8 hours but if they can design an application in half an hour or an hour and and it'll it'll work on that stuff in the background for them then they're done now This is significant right now in July, or what is it, August of 2023, because the rage in computer science, in in consumer electronics, or, or, yeah, well, and computer science, the rage is AI. Like, right now, everyone is just so excited about AI and what these these models of computation could possibly make possible for people and everybody is trying to fit it into their workflow i don't care what you're doing you're writing yaml files for server configuration or you're doing artwork for books everybody's trying to cram ai into into that workflow somehow because somehow It seems that our human brains weren't able to solve the puzzle of how to make application development as easy as it is to make an Excel spreadsheet, but apparently we could make a computer that can just do the spreadsheet, the the calculations that we wanted our, our spreadsheet to do anyway. And I'm not opposed to the idea that an open source AI might be able to help me accomplish something that I couldn't otherwise do at all, or otherwise do quickly. Like, I'm not opposed to that at all. If that's where things are headed, and if that is the solution to the puzzle, then great. Maybe that's just the solution to the puzzle. I'm not personally convinced that that is the solution. It might be a solution, but I still think that the the process of programming can be made accessible. It can be made some, into something that other that, that people can do without requiring a university-level computer science degree, without having to go through weeks of development time and different epics and user stories and, and all of the different things that development goes through. It, I think that it can be as easy as scripting. It's just we have to make it as easy as scripting and it has to be really, really ubiquitous. And, and I think that's 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 probably, funny enough, that's probably the hardest thing for us to do. I mean, Python is probably the closest thing to being the ubiquitous programming language. And yet, sending your Python application from one computer to another is just a painful process. I mean, it is. It just is. I'm not saying it's Python's fault. I'm just saying, if you can write something on your Linux machine and then send it to your friend on Mac OS and it won't work because their Python is super out of date or they don't have the right libraries that Python thinks it needs to have in order to launch the GUI or to do a thing. And so then they have to go to something else like Mac ports or homebrew or whatever and install or pip and install all the right things. And then once they've got all that, then maybe they need a special environment because they don't, they, that, that needs to not conflict with their os the 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 python that shipped with their os and and finally you might be able to get it to run and and even then unfortunately there's probably some some library somewhere that you didn't realize doesn't work on mac the same way that it works on linux and so you're thinking well it should just be able to access your microphone i guess you know like like everything else like isn't that just a thing that mac can do no you you need a special sdk for that back to square one so and then you send it over to windows and and it's flickering it's screen flickering oh you you forgot you needed to do some special buffering thing call for for windows graphics instead you know it's just it's crazy it's it's horrible it's a horrible experience and that's the kind of thing that prevents this from becoming ubiquitous you can't you can't just script a quick application and send it across the computers at your small startup company because that's not how it works. It, you you need the whole stack. You have to own the whole stack and be able to build it up so that everyone is exactly at the same place. So it's 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 really really difficult. So even J no GJS is a little bit hindered by the fact that it is primarily a GNOME technology. This is something for GTK. This is going to use the GNOME libraries GObject and and all the GTK is. In fact, you have to tell it what version of GTK to use if you have more than one version. However, if if you've got a bunch of computers and they're running Linux and they're running a GNOME desktop, or they're all running Slackware and and they ship with GGAS and the GTK libraries required for it to be useful, which Slackware does, then you can script up yourself a little application. It'll be GUI. It'll have a, a you know an actual interface like a user interface and. And you can make an actual application that'll launch, and it'll do potentially useful things for you. It's really neat. And they've got really good documentation. Go to g- gjs.guide slash guides slash, well, you know what, go to gjs.guide. That's the e- that the, the website gjs.guide that's the website go there click around the location that i'm at is gjs.guide/guides/gtk/3/01-basics.html so that's the the sort of the getting the, the very basic getting started uh, process is there it's a little bit weird they start you out with frankly um, some examples that just don't work which you know that's that's a choice <laughs> that uh, has been made. Maybe, arguably, not the choice that I would have made. But there, there is a method to what the you know the, to their lesson plan. And if you stick with it, then you do eventually get to a point uh, of 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 something that actually works. It, it does take a while, though. Just so you know. Um. So the 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 simple sort of cutting to the chase demonstration. Uh let me get to a temporary directory here. I'm gonna make a file called file.js and I'm gonna open that in Emacs and then I'm gonna do hash bang slash user bin env. That's user slash bin slash env space gjs. Now let's pause there for a moment. I'm gonna drop out to my terminal and I'm going to run gjs-version, and it confirms that I do have this installed. It's gjs1.70.0. So that's just to equate the command that I just, did the little magic cookie that I put at the top of that file, with what a- is actually happening. Sh- shebang slash, so hash, exclamation mark, slash, usr slash, bin slash, env, for environment. It it queries the computer and it says, what do you think the default version of something is? And then it's and, and then space GJS. So now we're running whatever the default of GJS is. This file understands that's what it's supposed to be run in. In this case, that's 1.70.0. Okay, so the first thing you can do is import the libraries that you want to use. It's understood that you're going to be using JavaScript to write this script, but in order for JavaScript to understand that it now has access to a graphical uh, desktop environment or, or, uh, you know, windows and buttons and things like that, you need to tell it about GTK because JavaScript naturally doesn't know about GTK. It's not something that it usually knows anything about. But you can import that and and, and alert that, yes, you want it to use GTK. So imports.gi.versions.gtk with a capital G gtk, capital G, equals, quote, 3.0, close quote, semicolon. So we've just set the version of gtk that we want gjs to to, to to look to, to use, to 3.0. Const, c-o-n-s-t, as in constant, curly brace, capital G, and then lowercase tk, curly brace, equals imports.gi, semicolon. So we've just set the constant value of gtk again with a capital g to the, the 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 thing that we've imported right the imports.gi this gtk environment for javascript so now anything we use off of gtk really starts back at imports.gi it's just a shorthand method to kind of well in, in a in a way it, it strangely makes the code clearer because you you might think gtk you know, imports.gi, what is that? Well, just think, you're using GTK. Like, just think of it as GTK. So that's what we've done there. All right, fifth line of my file. GTK.init. So again, GTK here is a, a capital G, because in the, const, the the constant that we created, we, we used a capital G. That was our choice. And when I say our choice, I mean the choice of the person writing this example, which is not me. I'm just, I'm just taking stuff off of the website and adapting it. gtk.init parentheses null, close parentheses, semicolon. Okay, so that's an annoying kind of thing. And uh, this is one of the things I think that an IDE really, really makes a lot, sort of, a little, not maybe not a lot, a little easier to understand. Because if you just see it written in code, or you hear it droned onto you on a podcast it's just, it's a magical incantation. gtk.init, parentheses, null, close parentheses, semicolon. Why are you even doing anything if the argument to that thing is literally null? Nothing. So what that's doing, really, is it's creating an environment in which your code can run. It is, it does speak to a an init Process in the underlying GTK libraries, and really, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I believe that that's a space for arguments, so parameters. But if you don't need any parameters, and you probably don't, because this is a GUI application you don't need parameters you just pass null instead of argc and argv in the uh the C the C version of all this so that's um that's gtk init it is l- admittedly easier to just think of it as a magical incantation but at least you know if you if you the null particularly bugs me and and what that is as i understand it is um an opting out of, of having to worry about what did you launch this application w- were there parameters that you used when launching this application alright next uh, you can create Th- the stuff that you want to create. Like, this is where you create the, the, the application. And uh, this can be quite, quite complex. Uh, f- first, we'll just start with uh, the, the classic hello world thing. Not because I particularly love it, but because it is a good, quick demonstration of, of how to get something on your screen. So uh, you can do let, L-E-T, space, label, equal, new, space, G-T-K, dot, label, parentheses curly brace label colon quote hello world close curly brace close parentheses semicolon and similarly you can do let win equals new gtk dot window parentheses parentheses semicolon these are this is an annoying thing that you do in programming i don't know why it's like this i've never really looked into it but it's it's you're you're declaring you're declaring the the objects that you are creating let label equal a new GTK label. Let the window equal a new GTK window. So now you've created them but you haven't you haven't actually used them. And 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 for that reason the next two lines or well the next I guess one line joins those things together. So for instance when dot add parentheses, label, close parentheses, semicolon. So in other words, you've created this window, and you've created this label, and you're not doing anything with either of them yet. So stick them together, add parentheses, label, close parentheses semicolon and then when dot show underscore all parentheses parentheses semicolon so you've just added the label to the window and then you've declared that yes you actually want that window to show up and then finally the 10th line of this little sample amp- application is gtk dot main Parentheses, parentheses, semicolon. Now, if we go out to the terminal again, we do a chamod plus x of file.js. In theory, I should be able to just now do a dot slash file.js and get a little tiny GTK window on my screen. And sure enough, I do. It says, hello world right right in the middle of the sc- of the little window it's labeled j jgs it's got a little default X uh, x11 I- icon or zorg icon whatever that is up in the left corner and uh, I'll just close that window now interestingly the uh, when I after I close the window my prompt in my terminal is not returned to me, so that says to me that there's a signal being sent to GTK to, or rather to the KDE desktop to get rid of that window. But that signal didn't filter through to GTK to tell it to terminate the, the process. So I'll hit Control-C to stop it. But the, the cool thing about that is that in 10 lines of code, I've gotten a window that would look to an experienced Linux desktop user like a really standard everyday window. I mean, all it says is hello world, and it's, it's, it, it's really, really small, but, like, that's not bad. And the process for getting that on my screen was just, it, it's as easy as bash scripting. I, I, and I'm, I'm not talking about the code itself, although the code, I, I think I think you'd agree that that's, that, that wasn't too painful. I mean, obviously, it's really, really basic, too, so, like, you have to consider that. But, I mean, the process of doing the thing. Like, you didn't have to install a bunch of different libraries. You didn't have to go hunting anything down and and configuring anything. You just, you wrote a file of some code, you ran the file, and... The JavaScript engine connected to the GTK libraries that it requires, and, I mean, everything happened, and it it showed up on screen. And I I call that a a victory. Like, that's that's great. That was a great user experience. Again, super, super basic, and I realize that, and I I don't want to overstate how, I don't want to make it seem like this was just astonishingly, you know, like oh this is so easy because I mean it it gets more complex eventually. It really does. Because eventually you have to start creating functions and 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 you know having different processes happen and sending signals to other parts of the window. It, it does get complex. It, it, it kind of, it starts to break down in terms of like how easy it is. But then again, so does bash scripting, right? And so does Excel spreadsheets. I mean, these are all easy, quote unquote, easy things to a lot of people. And yet the more complex action you want to take, the harder it becomes eventually. So I'm allowing for that. I'm allowing for the idea that, yeah, eventually you're going to need a, th- there will be a learning curve and that's okay. But. But, but what if i told you you could write an image viewer in 64 lines of code with gjs seems almost too good to be true i mean you could write an image viewer with bash as well like bash and uh what is it, zenity or or um, kdialog probably maybe maybe not with kdialog but zenity almost certainly you could probably do that sort of thing with with bash as well but but you could do that with G- gjs like no kidding um hash bang slash user bin on gjs imports dot gi dot versions dot gtk equals quote three dot zero close quote semicolon const curly brace geo that's g i o comma gtk close curly brace equals imports dot gi so you're just creating again shortcuts for libraries within this gtk now like i said some of it you know, eventually stuff gets a little bit more complex because you have to start making functions and classes and things like that. So this is, the, it, do, it does get difficult, but let me, let me kind of step you through. I'm not going to go through it super with a fine tooth comb, but let me, let me, talk about like this little image viewer class image viewer window curly brace so you've just you've created a class a class is a thing that you want to to show in a in programming you want to use this 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 classification of of code possibly more than once, or in such a way that it can be called as a, almost a, as a unit and used as a, as a, as a thing, as a pre-constructed thing. And in this case, that would be the application itself, or, or the, the, the components of the application. So class image viewer windows curly brace, constructor Parentheses app close parentheses, and then there's a bunch of annoying programming stuff that I I just I hate this kind of thing, but I, I kind of I kind of get it. But this to me is is one of the things in programming that just doesn't it's just not intuitive it doesn't feel right so it, within this constructor there's this this dot underscore app equals app semicolon this dot underscore window equals null semicolon this dot underscore box equals null this dot underscore image equals null semicolon this dot underscore file chooser button equals you guessed it null semicolon close curly brace so that was the constructor what is a constructor well a constructor is a a, a it's a grouping of code that the that the the engine running the code understands that this this is only needed when initially building this class so we've got an image viewer window or at least we're claiming we have one i mean it doesn't really exist yet but but we're gonna we're saying at some point we're gonna have an image viewer window because that's what we called our class and and when you're building this for me, javascript engine run run this these steps f- first and foremost like make sure you part of the construction process is to assign this dot underscore app equals app this dot underscore window equals null and so on it's it's really i I hate that kind of thing I get while i I, I understand the function of it, but I do not like that people need to understand that that's even necessary in order to proceed with their application. That's the kind of thing that you will likely, well, eventually one would understand it. But I mean, w- one would never understand that on one's own. Like you would just never guess that that kind of thing was necessary. Even if you thought, okay, I get it. I, I call these these libraries and I, I write some JavaScript code. I've learned enough JavaScript code to understand that. Great, I'll I'll, I'll go for it. Well, hold up. You you need to make a constructor with a bunch of stuff that doesn't even get that literally gets set to null first to nothing. So you're you're making a statement about nothing, and if you don't do it, then things don't work correctly. It's just silly. Okay, so that was the constructor function. Now there's an underscore build UI parentheses parentheses semicolon function. I know it's a function because it's within a class. It's got parentheses behind it and it's encapsulated in curly braces. And this one builds the actual window, like the window that you're going to see on your desktop. That's this dot underscore window equals new GTK dot application window parentheses semi, uh, not semicolon, um, curly brace application colon this dot underscore app comma, default height, colon 600, comma, default width, colon 800, close curly brace close parentheses, and semicolon. So that's obviously creating an application window, and it's declaring that the application is this app which uh, is is app which makes no sense right this is another one of those non-intuitive things its default height is 600 and its width is 800 okay that's pretty clear all right so that's the that that's the this window declaration now we're on to this dot underscore box equals so what what the heck is a box well a box in programming you'll find often refers to the layout of the application that's just something that a lot of different programming langu- uh, frameworks rather like G tk or cute have decided let's call the layout components boxes and that's as good as anything else it could be we could have called it a grid we could call it a map we could call it lots of different things we call it a box it's as good as anything else so this dot underscore box equals new gtk dot box parentheses uh, curly brace orientation colon gtk dot orientation dot vertical curly brace parentheses semicolon so this is this is invoking a a sort of a preset layout of gtk uh, which is called the vertical layout and so it assumes if you think of um if you think of like css or if you think of Uh, an Office application where you can set the word wrapping around objects. Well, pretend like you decided you didn't want any word wrap, no word wrap, or or maybe they... I don't know how different office applications um, d- define it, but certainly in LibreOffice, it's it's defined as no word wrap, which means that if you put an image down in middle of a paragraph, then that paragraph is spl- it goes either to the top of the image or the bottom of the image, and does not wrap words around that image. It is as if though that image, whether it really does take a hundred percent of the width of the page up or not, that's how it's treated. So it's it's very much a um, a sort of a, well, a boxy kind of layout. You can, you can put these blocks next to each other. Block that was actually the word. Block uh, layout. You can put blocks next to each other, but or, or rather, you can stack blocks up on top of each other. But only one. You can only go one block tall, like one block at a time. You can't have two blocks on one next to each other on a layer. So you've got a stack, and that's it. That's all you're allowed. And that's actually kind of liberating in a in a lot of Instances because it makes it uh, pretty easy f- to to do layout and it also makes it very friendly to uh, you know like people used to mobile mobile and website design I mean this is kind of how that works you just stack stuff on top of each other and expect people to scroll down and people do they scroll down uh, up to a point this dot underscore image equals and this is new uh, new gtk dot image parentheses semi uh, not semicolon curly brace v expand colon true no idea what that means um, curly brace parentheses semicolon this dot actually i'll stop there okay so we've just created something called an underscore image don't know what that is set it to a gtk dot image so this is i'm gonna i'm gonna bring all of this together in the end i i sort of mostly promise but this is crea- this is calling a gtk library for imaging so this is the photo the, when i said you can create a photo viewer an image viewer this is the thing that's going that, that's calling just saying, Hey GTK image, you know how to handle JPEGs and PNGs and GIFs and webPs and all the other you know TIFFs and, and PNGs. Did I say that already? all those image formats you know how to do that let's just use u v expand colon true probably means ex- you know make ensure that the the image is sized such that it takes up as much space vertically as 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 possible something like that i'm i'm guessing i didn't look the function up now remember With with the the demo application, we created a bunch of stuff like the label and the window, but but nothing would would have happened if we hadn't done something with them. So the next line in this uh, uh, process is this dot underscore box dot add parentheses this dot underscore image close parentheses semicolon. So you see there, we we had a box and this is vertical orientation. I said, well, now we have to put stuff in that box. So the hierarchy is that we have a window inside of which is a box. And now inside of that, there's an image. Or at least there's a placeholder for an image, because, of course, the user hasn't actually told us what image to load there yet. How can the user tell us what to load there? Well, we can use a file chooser button. What's a file chooser button? It's a GTK library. that's something that exists. So this dot underscore file chooser button equals button new parentheses quote pick an image close quote comma gtk dot file chooser action dot open parentheses semicolon i'll bet as i said that it sounded like it makes sense and i think if 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 you pretend like you already knew how to do that it does make sense like just listen to it this dot underscore file chooser button Okay, that that we made up underscore file chooser button that that we came up with we we're calling it that equals gtk dot file chooser button dot new that's a gtk function gtk file chooser button dot new new being a function of the file chooser button so we're saying hey we want the we want to use the library where this file chooser button thing is stored okay well what do you want to do with it well we want to create one new so, so make a new one okay cool well you need to tell the library some information when you're creating a new file chooser button. Essentially it wants to construct a file chooser button for you, but it needs some things from you first, such as quote, pick an image, close quote. Well that's the text to put onto the button. And then comma gtk dot chooser action dot open. So again, that's that's telling it the the action that we want to happen when someone clicks the file chooser button i'm not saying any of this is like perfect or great or good or bad i am simply saying this in a way you can kind of hear how it makes sense and again i'm gonna i'm gonna come back to all of this eventually okay so, now we've created a button, I guess. What have we not done with this button? Well, you're right, we have not used it yet. Remember, we've created it, but we haven't added it to our box yet. So that's true, but it's not actually time to do that yet. But, I mean, keep that in mind. Uh, so, so the next thing that, that, that's sort of required here is this dot underscore file chooser button dot connect, parentheses, Uh, Quote file dash set close quote comma parentheses button close parentheses equal sign greater than signs with a little arrow Uh curly brace const filename equals button dot get underscore name parentheses parentheses semicolon f- this dot underscore image dot set underscore from underscore file parentheses filename close parentheses semicolon curly brace parentheses semicolon we've made the button we haven't added it to the box yet but we've made the button and then um what like w- we've set what the button's gonna do when you click it it's gonna do a file chooser action dot open but but the rest of the application doesn't Know that this button exists. It's just a button hanging out, talking to itself. The reason it exists is because it needs to get a, a file for us and it needs to remember the file name of that file. That's what file chooser button.connect is doing. Something will be listening for that connection, and when the button is clicked and a file name is a, uh, is acquired, then something else will do something with that information. This is real clunky stuff. I mean, this is the cu- this is the stuff. This is why people don't code on it just just for fun just i'm gonna i'm gonna quickly write write a an application for myself no you're not you're going to try to write an application for yourself but you're going to miss the constructor and then once you figure that out you're not going to understand that the button needs to be connected to a thing because there needs to be data and then later on in the code somewhere that'll be useful maybe it's horrible okay this dot underscore box dot add parentheses this dot underscore file chooser button close parentheses semicolon this so there that, that's where we added the button to the box right and then this dot underscore box dot show underscore all parentheses parentheses semicolon because again just because we've created a box doesn't mean it's going to actually show up and then bizarrely bizarrely even though we've created the box and told it to show up we haven't actually added the box to the window yet So we have to do that. This dot underscore window dot add parentheses this dot underscore box close parentheses semicolon curly brace. Painful, painful stuff. I mean, these are the kinds of things where I understand that, that. they need to be done, and I I understand why they need to be done, but I, I just can't help but think there's, isn't there some other way? Like, some other way to just be like, yes, I'm creating this box. Can we just assume that I want to add, be added to the window? And of course, the answer is no. You can't, you cannot assume that it wants to be added to the window, because what about the box that you don't want to add to the window yet, or at all? Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe some kind of weird notation would, would, be better for that but then then you have to learn weird notation right okay there's only about 20 more lines of code here that's the exciting thing we're still in the class we're still in this class photo image viewer window whatever it's called um what is it called anyway image viewer window so this is the final function get widget parentheses parentheses curly brace this dot underscore build ui parentheses parentheses semicolon return this dot underscore window semicolon curly brace curly brace Uh, the first curly brace to close the function the second curly brace to close the class this is also one of the worst things in the world get widget parentheses parentheses this dot underscore build ui so obviously it's it's doing the build ui thing which if you'll recall is way up at the top of the class right under the constructor and it's it's creating the window of this default um size, default height, default width, this box equals GTK box, orientation, vertical, that stuff. That, that That's that's the underscore build UI. So we are now calling the thing that we created earlier. And then we're returning this dot underscore window. And returning from a class is a way basically to get what you did in the class out of the class. As, as weird as it may seem, a lot of classes don't return anything. They return like zero uh, unless there's an error in which they in which case they return something else but in this case we're giving back a version of this application of this box of this window with a box in it with a button in it and a a, potentially a gtk.image in it next one const application equals new gtk application parentheses curly brace application underscore id colon quote org.gnome.sandbox.imageviewerExample, close that, quote. That's not magic. That's just a string of, of words. You could you could make it be whatever you wanted. You could uh, com.gitlab.mygtkapp.example, close quote. I mean, it just it doesn't matter. But that's the application ID. Comma, flags, colon, geo, that's G-I-O, dot application flags, dot flags underscore none. Didn't even bother looking that up curly brace, parentheses, semicolon. I have no idea what that does. Okay, so now we're doing application.connect, parentheses, quote, activate, close, quote, comma, app, Equal greater than sign, so a little arrow curly brace. Let active window equal app dot active window semicolon. Again, painful. This is painful. <laughs> this, this that's painful to me. So we're we're connecting the application to something. Um, if parentheses exclamation mark active window close parentheses curly brace. Let image viewer window equal new image viewer window parentheses app. Close parentheses semicolon. So now the logic is we're we're connecting this 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 app to something. We're activating it, right? So we're running this thing, and we're saying let the active window equal the the application's active window. But you know what? If there is no active window, which you know, if you think about it, like, why would there be? We're, we're writing the code right now. We're launching it. So there can't be an active window, right? Okay. So if that fails, then this is true. Let the image window, image viewer window equal a new image viewer window. What's an image viewer window? That's the class we created at the top of the code. And we're passing to it this thing called an app. And then it sets the active window. To image viewer window dot git widget what is git widget that's a function we created in image viewer window class that calls the build UI function and then returns this window it is such weird programming logic it makes sense if you can like sort of grasp it for a moment but like it is admittedly really bizarre you are launching an application and saying hey if there is no application yet well why would there be we're launching it right now now then create an application and set that application to the creation the, to the to the steps required to construct the application and, and and within all of those steps, of course there's all these other steps of of creating the window, creating the box, adding the button or creating the button, cre- adding the button. All, all of these different things. okay so active present parentheses, parentheses, semicolon, curly brace, parentheses, semicolon. So all of that was in this little instant function of application.connect. And finally, 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 last line of this code on line 64 is application.run, parentheses, null. There's that null again. Parentheses, semicolon. So if I, if I save that and then run gjs dot slash I saved it as photo.js, I get An empty ish window that is exactly six hundred by eight hundred. And there's a button at the bottom. The button goes across the whole bottom of the the window. So it it almost doesn't look like a button if you don't you know, if you're if you're not if you're if you could you could miss it if you're not careful. It's pretty simple to miss because it doesn't look like it looks almost like a status bar. But it, it goes the full width of the window because we used that layout, that vertical layout. And as I said, in that vertical layout, there's no concept of um uh, of wrapping or columns or anything like it's just it's an, an object and it it's the full span of the window. Okay, so I'm going to click this button and I get a gnome file chooser just like I would in gimp or firefox or you know some other gtk application. So this is this is familiar to me, all right? So I will grab a an image, a png image and there it is, it shows up right in my in my little in my application, in my um in my new little application, my image viewer. That's all it does. It just shows me images one by one. It doesn't it doesn't do anything fancy like okay you're viewing an image in this folder so I'll I'll assume that if you hit the right arrow you want to see the next image in the folder. It's not it isn't Gwen view or something like that. It is it is GNOME javascript or gtk javascript example application image viewer like that's all it does but it was only 64 lines of code and it demonstrates i think two things one this is really powerful stuff like this is javascript driving a desktop application that's cool i was just talking about this in the mm, sort of previous-ish episode or two or ago i was talking remember i was like oh back in back in the old days, you could write, you could use use Perl, which is basically like Bash plus uh, plus. You could use Perl and and some GTK libraries to you to to create DVD colon colon rip. The reality is that number one, for a really complex thing, it, it's not going to be just a quick. It's going to be hundreds of lines of code, and then. Secondly, uh, you you really have to understand code for this to make sense. Like this is not as easy as it is in theory. There's a lot going on here, and there's a lot of just mind bending logic of, of where you're 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 writing code for 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 steps that don't like exist yet. You know, like I mean, especially the constructor app. I guess in a, in a weird way is one of the more more sensible functions even though I hate it a lot like that's a sensible function in a way because you're defining before they exist you're defining almost for yourself what exactly the components of your application are actually going to be there's going to be this thing called an app there's going to be this thing called a window and a box and an image and a file chooser button if it's not in that list presumably you know you're it's not going to get it's not going to be used it's not going to be created And then there's this build UI step where you have to go through this whole sort of formality of like, yes, when I'm writing a GUI application, I want a window. I want the the thing for which I'm here. Like that, that kind of thing for me is really... Well maybe that's the third point. So so twofold was one fold was that this is uh, that if you're doing something serious you're you're looking at hundreds of lines of code. Second fold is that it's got mind bending logic in here. It's got it, it's got things that call other functions that you've written and then you got other calls to functions that exist in gtk already you're 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 creating functions that you're not using yet you're creating widgets that you're not actually adding to a box yet it's just it's it can be very complex if you if you don't really think it through and then i think the third the third thing about all of this is that there's there are things here in programming that are and this is standard stuff this is not gnome gtk javascript critique this is modern programming 2023 Modern Programming it says to you, looks at you straight in the eyes, and says, you're here to create a GUI application. Would you like a window with that application? I mean, that's what a GUI application is. Why am I having to create a function called you know, build UI or or my init function or, you know, whatever you call it. Why am I having to create a function where I set my window to new GTK application window and set it to a default app and a default width or default height and default width and then adding a box in there? Because, yes, I don't want just an empty window. I actually do want there to be components in there. You know, it's just it feels like it's almost a bad joke. Like, I wouldn't be here if I didn't want a window with with widgets in it like that is that is a hundred percent why i'm here now the reality is i mean this all makes sense like this all it doesn't this isn't stuff that people made up well it is stuff that we all made up but i mean it it, there's an internal logic here like maybe you didn't come here for a gui maybe you're just using some function of 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 a gtk library that doesn't demand a, a gui interaction that that could be possibly that's a perfectly legitimate reason to be using GTK so a lot of this I mean makes a lot of sense or maybe you're building a window that you don't want to show yet you want it to show when people click the button but then you have to make a button for the a window for the button and a box for the button and then you have to put the box in the window and the button in the box and then you can show the other window with a box with a button or an image in it or whatever you want to have shown so there's 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 complexity here because because the world is your oyster you can do whatever you want to with this stuff but that does that that means ultimately there's a lot of complexity here but i think i think the complexity is is exactly what i've just said like i mean it, it it's a question of what do you want to do and that's going to determine how many lines of code, you know, you have to write. What do you want to use out of out of the toolbox that that you've been given? And then finally, do you speak the language? Like literally do you do you know the language, n- n- the programming language in this case JavaScript, but also the the shortcuts that you're you're taking in that language by using a whole library of stuff that someone else has already written. And I think that's part of the so th- those three issues are i think some of the things that we kind of like have to solve for in order to make programming really really easy and i know i i i can see the attempts in my head already i mean like there've bits of very good ones I, interestingly scratch the uh the the project from mit I, or mit or cmu one of those two, um Scratch is a great, like, a surprisingly good little programming environment intended for children, but it's really, really good. Greenfoot is another interesting one. It's, Scratch is the pinnacle, in my opinion. Scratch, because I've seen it happen. I've seen it being used. I've seen it you, I've seen people learn, literally, get to Python from scratch. Like, and and python has nothing to do with scratch but just learning programming through scratch so it that is the pinnacle for me any age i don't care G- go use scratch figure that out and then tackle programming it'll change your life so scratch is great there've been other ones like visual basic maybe something like that where building blocks are assembled to create things and i have no opinion on that cuz i've never tried it um i i am hesitant to believe that it's that it's great but i don't know maybe you've had different Experiences. There's what is it, Game Maker or something like that? That's not open source. I don't think Visual Basic is either. Um, and I, I, or maybe it's is it Game Maker or like RPG Maker something like that. Um, there's also what was it on Mac, Automator? Automator was on Mac. That 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 was. Uh, I think it was called something like that. Uh, where you could like they they provided you little visual functions, uh, from the system, uh, that you could click together kind of like like Scratch or like Lego blocks. Um, you could click them together, but in only certain ways, because some functions didn't feed into other functions, which is important, but actually got pretty confusing the way they implemented it. Uh, and, you know, the output of one would feed into the input of the other, and, and eventually you could, in theory, construct, like, these little scripts. And I did, I've used that one a long, long time ago, back when I was learning this stuff, and it was funny, because um, Automator, it had like a handful of functions for, you know, the Mac OS, like stuff from the developer, you know, from the, from Apple, from the development team, and then a handful of, you know, of sort of token functions from a couple of different applications, and then that was it. So it was never really, truly useful in terms of scripting or, or automating your environment, because you just didn't have enough to work with. And ultimately, for anything on the system you would just drop down to a shell Um, there was like a shell function which literally was just Type in your bash here, and it will be run, so it was just like a fancy graphical front end to a shell script um which was kind of ridiculous and that's that's literally what I used it for uh it would be it was a it was essentially an easy way to get a double click icon for people who couldn't uh open a terminal and run a command or or who who you needed to make something happen on their computer, but you didn't want to have you know to instruct to have to have them to have to go do that every time. Just give them a double-click icon, which would launch an Automator action, which would then do a subshell of Bash, and the the task was done. So there have been attempts to provide little building blocks so that people could, in theory, you know, put all of these things together and those are noble attempts and i don't know aside from scratch which is very limited i mean scratch is designed for a very specific purpose it's like video game little little sort of hypercard style video games made um and and more than that really i mean yeah so but it's it's a video game type tool uh for kids but I, again any age honestly i i say it's for kids because it's literally geared towards kids but really honestly everybody should try scratch and use scratch at least once it's just an amazing little application uh it's online it's open source uh so anyway scratch great uh, other p- visual programming environments not so great usually so I have seen the attempts at, at solving these issues and the, the issues again. How complex do you want your thing to be? How many of the, uh, what 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 out of this toolbox do you want to use? And do you know how to talk the to speak the language? Those are the problems that we need to answer. And and looking at for instance my other favorite example, Excel or or a spreadsheet application. It doesn't have to be Excel. I'm just saying Excel because like. In real life, I think that's what you see. You see people using spreadsheets for stuff. And a lot of the spreadsheets, I guess, are probably Excel. Maybe maybe that's not so much anymore. Anyway, spreadsheets on computers, they get used for a lot of things. And as I've said many times before, sometimes it's very surprising things. And, and I had a listener who literally wrote a video conversion application in a spreadsheet just as a proof of concept and sent it to me. It was, I didn't... I think it was in something that it didn't work for me and I don't remember why but I mean it was still the proof of concept was there and the the, the theory was 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 good enough like the 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 idea is that people somehow, and I don't know how, but people have learned how to do spreadsheets, and they love to do spreadsheets, and they do them for, for all kinds of things, and once you know that, you know, once you know that hammer, then every problem becomes a nail, and it's a great hammer to have. Spreadsheets very powerful because it's, it is not only a place where you can run little scripts in the form of, you know, all those little functions up at the top that you type in, um, but you can also, I mean, it's essentially a database, right? So you can you can, and, and it can even be relational if you do lots of different spreadsheets so i mean it's a very very powerful tool to to be able to wield and the uh, i i think that that's great like if if that's the solution to the problem then let's Let's do that. Maybe there's, maybe we could iterate on that idea. Maybe there's more to a spreadsheet than just what a spreadsheet is. Maybe that's what people really want. Maybe that's the answer. Like, honestly, maybe we need to make a spreadsheet for for your system. Like, maybe that's what people need. Whatever it is, I think that the these the solution is within our grasp, and I think something like GJS or something like QML for for KDE and Qt. I think those are the, these have gotten very very close, and they've they they answer those problems. They say how complex do you want to be, and 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 to some, I mean, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people who come to the gate don't know that that's part of the question. They don't know they they aren't prepared to answer the questions, so they come to the gate of designing your own application and first question is how complex do you want it to be well that is like asking how long is a piece of string i don't know how complex i want it to be i i i think it should be easy all i want to do is generate a 3d model quickly for uh, this demonstration that i have to give on the effects of um Carpal tunnel syndrome, or repetitive stress uh, disorder, whatever, Um, or trauma, or whatever it's called, Um, sounds easy, right? Well, no, that's that's really complex. Like, no, no, there's no button of like creating a simulation. That that's that's a really complex problem. Oh, I think it's really complex. I want to, I want to resize a hundred photos with, with a click of one button. Oh, well, that is actually really easy. That's not complex at all. Like, that's super easy. Yeah, okay, come on in. You know, so, I mean, they, it's really difficult for people to gauge how complex their their thing is because it's just not something that, like, if you don't know, then you don't know. So that's one question is, is how complex do you want it to be? And I think GJS and QML answer it in a way they say, Essentially, don't worry, you can be as simple as you want, or as complex as you want, and if you get so very complex that you exceed your own sort of, the, the, the limits of what we're giving you, then you can just graduate to full-scale GTK and C, or uh, you could graduate to full-scale Qt and C++, and you'll be fine and it'll all look the same cuz you're 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 either using GJS and GTK or you're using QML and KDE and Qt so so it, there's a there there's a path from from simple to complex the other question what tools do you want to use out of this now that that one's tough and i think that's where the visual programmers try to answer to, try to help because if you're designing one of these applications and you think okay now i want to display an image i want to click a button And I actually back up. I want a window. Again, one of those things that when you're saying I would design a GUI application, you just think, well, obviously there's going to be a window. Like I don't have to figure that out. Oh yes, you do. So wh- how do you get a window? Well, it turns out that the window is a function called application window in the library of GTK, accessed in this through imports.gi. Okay. So how do you know that there's a window? And 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 once you know that there's a window, how do you know what it's called? And the same question for um, a box. How would you know that there's a box and a layout box? And how do you know what it's called? And when you want to orient that box, you want to set it to a certain orientation, vertical versus horizontal, whatever. How do you know that? How do you know there's an image class? Uh, yeah, an image class, and and what functions are in that class, and so on. So in a visual programmer, in theory, like in Scratch, you would have like these little boxes and button shapes. You know, like you would you would just kind of intuit. You'd oh yeah, I want yeah, I'll take that one. I'll take that box. Okay, drag that into my little canvas here. Uh, I want that button. Drag that over here. Drag that. Uh, I need a label as well. Do that. Oh, and I want an image. Here's the image icon. I know what that looks like. Click that. You know, and so you've got these, like, these literal, these objects, these visual objects that you can see with your eyes, and drag it into your little canvas, and you're building your application visually. And that's potentially a powerful method of, of creating an application. I, I think that, But weirdly, um, I think the logic is sometimes a little bit backwards. So um, there's an application, which I've mentioned, called Glade, G-L-A-D-E, and it is a... It is an interface builder for GNOME applications, so you can do exactly the thing that I'm talking about. You can create, you can have a canvas area, and you go to, for instance, along the top of uh, the top toolbar, top level. Well, there's a GTK window, there's a GTK off-screen window, there's a GTK application window. Well, I don't know what any of those o- other ones are, but gtk.application.window or, uh, window sounds really familiar to me from this code here. So I guess that's what I want. Okay, well, now what do we need? Probably sort of like a button. Well, here's a control uh, button in the top toolbar. If I click on that, it looks like it's there's a search field, so you can kind of narrow down what you're looking for, although the thing in this case is actually right or actually no it's not is it cuz i want file chooser button there we go gtk file chooser button so click on that and now comically my entire window is one big button that opens up a file chooser uh dialog box well what have i done what have i done wrong well i haven't added a box right cuz you have to do window and then the box and then the the widgets so instead i'll delete i'll right click on that delete delete the button go to containers gtk box GTk box and I can I can draw or, or uh, click in my in my window where I want the container to appear and i can set the orientation of that container vertical uh, center number of items 3 i think i'll only need 2 and then i'll do control file chooser button and i'll click in my box and add the button and it adds itself to it in a reasonable way and then gtk image from the display top level uh, top top menu bar click in my applic- in my gtk application window and, oh, now my button has gone to the top of my window and the, the image is super, super small. Okay, well, I'll find my image in the left tree, node tree, click on it, go to the properties. Here's uh general, here's packing. Uh, here's a here's an option toggled off right now called expand. So if I toggle that on, does that expand the image? Yes, it does. It makes the image big, big, big. The, the button, very small at the bottom of the window. That's basically re-implementing. Uh, I've now re-implemented mostly. I haven't set the the um, the action for the button and so on. But generally, I've I've now created the, the 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 layout of the code of the thing that I had before. Is it useful yet? No. There's no. Code here—it's just the layout file. But luckily, you can load your GLADE files, your 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 layout file from GLADE into your GJS uh, application pretty easily. I mean, there's legwork. It's it, it isn't like you don't just point to the thing. Unfortunately, again, unfortunately, like you, you should. <laughs> you're coming here for a GUI application. I don't know why. Like in my mind, for people. To use this happily, most of this would be a lot. Just there would be a lot more assumptions made, and I understand that that would violate the complexity. You know, how complex do you want this thing to be? Well, I hope it's not too complex because we're going to assume a bunch of stuff, and and I understand why that could be problematic. But I would love that option somewhere. So yeah, the long and short of it is that you do um, a G object call to register class, and you define your template as the the, the, the Glade file that you're using, uh, internal children, you list like the button, for instance, that you have, that, that, needs to get clicked and registered, um, and then you use those in your code. So it's, it is, it is not, um, it, it's complex. There's a lot of complexity here. And, and I think that in modern programming, I think, think it could be less complex and I don't know what form that would take like I say I've got ideas I've got like maybe it just needs to be a spreadsheet for your operating system like maybe that's the answer all along let let people merge cells declare cells a button maybe I mean I I don't know how you do it in a spreadsheet but I've seen some pretty fancy spreadsheets so I guess there must be a way Uh, you write your code hopefully not in a one line like uh, most spreadsheets make you do uh, and and you're affecting things and things are things are happening I think there's a really really good argument that that's what a browser is these days. I mean, a browser can be a spreadsheet for your operating system, especially combined with something like JavaScript, where you're you're making calls back to the computer, you're making the computer do things with JavaScript. I mean, there you go. That's, that's what a browser is. And it's not coincidental that this thing that is letting you program your environment is using SpiderMonkey from the Firefox web browser. So we're, we're, we're dancing all around this, this correct method, I think. Whether it's spreadsheet for your operating system or just a big map that you put on your wall. Uh, I want that icon there. How do I get that icon? Well, that equates to this line of, of, to this class, which has these functions. And these are what all those things mean. I mean, it's, you know, part of it is learning a language. You have to not only learn the JavaScript language or the Python language or the Java language or the C language or whatever it is, you have to learn that. And then you have to learn this other language, this dialect of the GTK, you know, all the books that GTK wrote, all the books that Qt wrote. All the books that KDE wrote on top of the cute books, all the books about for, by by swing and by JavaFX and all you know, all the different options that you have, you, you have to get familiar with them. This is a learning curve. It's a huge learning curve. If there is a way that we could make that less of a curve, I think that would be kind of amazing and it would probably change desktop computing, and I would love for it to change mobile computing as well. I mean, can you imagine having a usable environment for your mobile phone so that you can actually make your phone work for you? What a... what a shock that would be. So, I feel like I should make a final, like, judgment call about GJS and Glade. Not that I'm actually... This isn't a review, right? I'm just... I'm talking about these applications, but I think I came on pretty strong here. So it might... It sounds like I'm critiquing GJS and Glade, but I'm I'm actually not. I'm critiquing modern computing, just the small topic of modern computing, of which I know very little about. I'm not a computer scientist. I didn't go to school for this stuff. I'm just coming up... I'm just flying off the handle with a lot of ideas about how things ought to be. It's kind of like saying, humans should be better designed. Uh, you know, I mean, great, great idea. Go for it, you know, like make things better. So I'm, I, you know, I'm coming up with a lot of ideas and and none of these ideas I, I do, I don't really, I'm not going to implement these myself. I don't know how to make things good. But could they be better? Yeah, I think they could be. And I think, collectively, we all do know how to make things good, gooder. You know, like, the, we can do this. We can get to a place where programming, you know, where customizing your environment is as easy as adding a stupid line to your .bashrc file. You know, like, that's the kind of thing that makes, a, that, that makes Linux exciting. When you When you finally figure out that by changing PS1 to an emoji of a penguin, you get to see a penguin every time you log into your computer. Or every time you open up a terminal. Like, that's really cool. And it, it, it's, it's easy. You know where to go for it, and you know what to do for it. And if you don't, it's an afternoon of figuring it out, rather than a four-year course on computer science. I understand that computer science is complex, and so boiling it down to something really, really simple is not easy. But I do think it's possible. Take a look at Scratch, take a look at Bash, and as it turns out, take a look at GJS and Glade. It's not the simplest that you can get. Like, I think there are easier ways to do certain things. I mean, I know there are. Bash and Zenity, that's, that's an easier way to do lots of things. But it's also, a it is really powerful. I mean, it, it's a it's a language that is, that's, that's really well-known, JavaScript. You can learn it anywhere. Like, everybody's got a course on JavaScript for free and for, for pay. And it's got the GTK libraries, which are quite well-documented. It's got really good documentation at gjs.guide. If you need to know this stuff, this is one way to learn it, and and you could do worse than learning JavaScript and GTK. Sure, you might not use GTK somewhere else, that It might be a at home or at your own little small business or at your, your little startup or whatever. But JavaScript itself, I mean, knowing that is certainly a powerful thing. And knowing how to interact with libraries that you didn't know at the beginning of the day, but by the end of the day, you actually have started to figure out, that's an important skill. So learning GJS is is not a bad idea, or QML for that matter. Not a bad idea, not a bad skill to develop. I think the trick at that point, like if, if you've decided to make the call, yes, I'm going to learn this, then the trick is, well, what are you going to do with it? That That is actually, that's that fourth question that people don't ask. You know, like, how complex? What tool do you know the language? Oh, also, what are you doing again? I've done that so many times. I've, I've sat down at a computer to, to learn a programming thing and just realized, I need a use case. Like, I need, I need an experience excuse to be here all afternoon messing around with this. I mean, sometimes that the excuse can just be, can I get this to compile? Or can I get a Hello World or, you know, whatever version beyond just Hello World? Can I, can I display an image? Can I, can I show a movie? Could I, if I show a, a series of images as a movie, like, what can I do here? That, that'll, if, you know, if that's what you've decided to do and you're the type of person who needs to get it done no matter what, then you will sit there for three days until you figure it out. If you're not, then yeah, maybe not. If you're more just task-oriented, like, I, I actually need 100 photos processed. Like, I really do need that done. And if you can't figure it out in an afternoon, then possibly you're just going to go do it by hand. But if you can figure out a good use case looking at gjs and glade for serious application development could be a really really powerful tool so check it out it is actually really really cool despite all my complaints about modern computing and modern programming, which, you know, not everyone even agrees with. Some people think this is fine. And that's fine that they think that. I I disagree. I think it's too complex and has a bunch of manual labor that nobody wants to do. And that's why people are turning to AI to do this stuff right now, right? I mean, like, nobody wants to do this except the people who do. And so I I think it is a problem. I think we need to solve it. I think GJS and Glade are interesting steps in the right direction. That's it. Thanks for listening. Talk See you next time, <laughs> thanks for listening. My name is Clatu. You can reach me anytime over email with feedback or comments, tips, or just to say hi, my email address is clatu at slackermedia.info. You can also reach me on the Mastodon network, not clatu at mastodon.xyz. The show's intro and outro music is by Fat Chance Lester. You can find their music on bandcamp.com or on gnuworldorder.info in the archive you'll find a music directory containing the album from which this music has been extracted. Until next time, thanks for listening, and keep the source open! Specific advances are oftentimes sudden accomplished facts before most of us are even dimly aware of them.